and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. As always in the Sales Chat Show studio, I am joined by my esteemed colleagues, Mr. Anthony Steers and Mr. Graham Jones. Gentlemen, welcome to the session. Hope you are uh, both well and good. And this episode is entitled, Will Your Sales Team Be Relegated This Year Because You Didn't Do the Right Things to Get Promoted? What on earth does that mean? As we are recording this episode, it's literally a day or so after the end of the the football season here in the United Kingdom. What are American colleagues refer to as soccer, which is incorrect. It's called football, for goodness sake. We invented it, so I think we get to tell you what it's called. No, whether you call it football or, or, or soccer. But what happens in the the top level of football here in England is the Premier League. And what happens every year is the bottom teams, the bottom three teams, they get relegated down to the team below and the top teams from the level below are promoted up. So are you relegated or are you are you promoted? And so, for example, I'm I'm not going to pretend I'm a huge football fan, but my son is and he's a big Liverpool fan and Liverpool haven't been doing quite as well this year as they did last year. We haven't got into the the Champions League and poor old Leicester Leeds and Southampton not having a good year. So this was this gave us some thought about what does it take to have a really successful team from a a sales point of view. So just going to fire a few thoughts and ideas at you folks. Um, there is there is one framework. I'll just run through this and then I'm going to open the floor to Mr. Steers and Mr. Jones to gather their comments. It's called the Grippy Framework, G-R-P-I. And the th- four areas for you to consider are goals, roles, processes and procedures, and interpersonal relationships. And the the grippy framework proposes that all good teams will have very clear goals. There'll be a common set of clear goals for everybody, and there's a purpose for the team. Roles, the roles and responsibilities are clearly defined within the team. People know what they're supposed to be doing. Processes and procedures, there's there's effective meetings, for example, there's effective decision making, and of course, interpersonal relationships, there's good open communication and, and dialogue in in those teams and and we will also uh, have an episode for you particularly on effective sales meetings so look out for uh 
for the episode on that coming up, which is, are your sales meetings so dreadful that your team member hates them? Watch out for that episode coming out soon. So they are, gentlemen, um, offering you goals, roles, processes and procedures and interpersonal relationships, making sure those four things or those four areas are in place will help a sales team to be effective. Gentlemen, your thoughts and comments. Interesting that you uh, start with that model, uh, the grippy model, because it starts with goals. And in football, of course, that's only what matters. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, so <laughs> clearly the model fits. Um, and it's worthwhile uh, apologising to our American listeners here uh, for what Mr. <laughs> Hazeldin said, uh, because as many American listeners will know, several of the British English football clubs are owned by Americans. So I think they understand. What a, what a travesty. What a travesty for that to be the case. Yeah. So on on the pitch, of course, goals are important. Um, unfortunately, many of those football clubs are losing money. They've got huge revenues, but they've got enormous costs. And so yeah. actually, as a business, not really a sustainable model. The way the whole thing is financed is not really sustainable so inevitably at some point in the future things are going to change but we're not here to talk about that uh, because none of us here actually like football um <laughs> so i gotta say ways... for, for, for the for the for the benefit of the sales chat show listeners we're not probably not the most typical brits are we gentlemen is none of us are particularly interested in football which is which is really really unusual i would say here in the uk <laughs> yeah but that that model of that that grippy model that you're talking about, I think it's really important that if you want to be promoted, you've got to focus on the proper goal. Um, so uh, I heard a football manager on the radio the other day saying that the the goal that he had was not scoring a particular number of goals. He didn't necessarily need any goals. What he needed was a certain number of points uh, to stay up. So yeah. what he was looking at was... How do I get those points? And so it was about, you know, um, some of them could be draws, for example. They didn't need mm -hmm. to win. They didn't need to score a certain number of goals. They just needed a number of points uh, to remain up in the Premier League. And so the, focusing on the right goal is really the most important thing you can do to be, a successful, um, be successful in sales. And often the goal um, is not the right goal. Um, we focus yeah. on sometimes the wrong thing. So I think uh, making sure you focus on the right thing, what you really need to do is the most important thing to do in order to make sure that you're not relegated. So sometimes, for example, and I hate to mention this, Simon, but sometimes the goal that sales directors set is a target. You're not... And, uh, you're not going to mention sales targets. He is. He's mentioned <laughs> sales targets because Mr. Jones is. You're, you're not a fond of sales targets, are you? They don't work. Yeah, there is plenty of evidence that they are complete nonsense. Yeah, that they take people, as we say in football, eye off the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, we can oh, get all these nice analogies link. in. And, nice, yeah, nice, quickly. beautifully, yeah. beautiful link there. What a what a class um, act you are. But uh, but the point is that. Um, if we focus on, you know, saying, oh, we're going to do 10% more than last year, mm -hmm. that focuses everybody on the actions that do that. When actually what you really need to do is prevent that new upstart competitor from gaining a foothold in the market. That should be your goal, not necessarily increasing your sales yeah. targets. So what is it that we really need to do 
what is our real goal that we're aiming for? I think that's the most important thing here, that if you're going to be successful, you've got to focus on what you really need to do, not what might seem the necessarily sensible thing to do. In, in a possibly quite quite dangerous example of agreeing with you on sales targets, um, <laughs> sales targets, however, are an outcome, aren't they? They're, a, they're, they are. a, they're what we sometimes refer to as a lagging indicator. A lagging it's what indicator, we, it's what we yeah. get to. Yeah. Whereas, and I know, Anthony, I know you're really hot on this when you're working with people around <clears throat> making effective use of the telephone. Are you also measuring the leading indicators that give you the outcomes that you want to get? And to, to Graham's analogy, the the outcome is to is to be promoted or to remain in football terms in the Premier League. Your example is they're measuring the points because it's the points that count. So, and what on, on, along the way, you know, you need to have a succession of those to achieve that ultimate outcome. And I think that's often the thing you'll see. A sales target will be the focus, a revenue number, <clears throat> and sometimes less focus is put on the the, the sub-targets or the metrics that will con contribute to that. Yeah, Anthony, I know this is this is something you're yeah. hot on. So I think obviously in the sales world, we would tend to refer to them as the KPIs, those key performance yeah. indicators, because they are the key things that are going to lead us to getting to our goals. Um, I think in... Football, I suppose they do, they, they practice a lot more than they play. And I think that sometimes they're practicing for fitness so that they have the stamina to last the whole game. Sometimes they're playing, they're practicing strategy and it will be set plays that they'll rehearse over and over again to try and make it seamless so that they can slide it in, into, into a game, a live game. And I think that in, in sales, um, there's, <laughs> less practice that I think goes on than is required. Mm. Uh, 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 and I think that quite often is that building that confidence. I don't want to go off onto a different analogy here, but I know that in the, in the army and the RF and stuff like that, they rehearse drills mm. so that in an emergency, you don't think about what you're doing because you've rehearsed it so many times that it just kicks in and you, you kind of have the muscle memory to, to react and get on with it. Whereas, yeah, again, with, with with sport, how much of a team sport do you guys think it actually is? I know that we need help from credit department. We need marketing to help generate the sales and stuff like that. But quite often, I think as a salesperson, you can feel a bit of a lone ranger. Yeah, and that I think is also part of, of um, you know, whatever analogy you would want to use is the team, the team on the pitch playing playing football are reliant on this team to Anthony's point that is supporting them so as I think part of your sphere of of um of uh, observation or, or thinking or concern as a sales manager or sales leader is the wider team that mm. are very important but often in particularly in b2b sales uh, particularly top end more complex b2b you'll have quite a large team involved in going after particular opportunities pre-sales or, or you know consultants technical support those those sort of people that are that are also involved so i think it's very important to have to, you know to have those and we're measuring we're measuring the right thing so you mentioned fitness and stamina my my father used to be a sports scientist my son is a sports scientist they'll be measuring like crazy all of the stats the fitness stats which is which is a leading indicator 
of have they will they be able to perform on the day so again they and they'll be they'll be ruthlessly measuring all of those leading metrics yep. that contribute and i think to your point is you've also got to work out what are your moments of truth what are the things is it the ability to articulate the value proposition have they practiced have they rehearsed yeah. that or are you leaving yeah. if you're leaving your team to practice on your customers that might not be the best place for them to practice right, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the in the world of customer service um the one of the theories of customer service is the theater theory and that that's showing that the person who is uh, the customer service representative is on the front of the stage mm. but behind them backstage there's a whole load of other things going on and that yeah. person can't deliver good customer service unless that massive team behind who is never seen by the customer unless they get their job right the person mm. at the front of the stage can't get their job right and you you see that in you know award ceremonies you know you see those overlong speeches at the um oscars with people saying you know i'd like to thank all these people and my mum and you know everybody else behind them <laughs> but actually you know i used to work in the theater and i know that every actor respected me and all the other people as part of the team they realized they couldn't actually go on stage yeah. without everything else that was going on behind them and yeah. so they they valued that team and often in business we don't see that we see what we see is the salesperson being told here's a target get on go and sell yeah. but actually they can't do that with the rest of the team so anthony's point about this sales team not just being a sales team on its own but being part of a much bigger team is really important in whether or not you're going to get relegated or promoted if you isolate your sales team and just tell them to get on with it you're probably going to be relegated not promoted yeah well, interesting what you were saying at the beginning graham about how the financial situation in football is is really tricky so we're talking about the team which is the players on the pitch so in our, our analogy it's the sales team but the club or the company itself their kpis could be to make enough money to stay open right you yeah. don't have to score goals to stay open but you, yep. you're gonna have to sell enough merch you're gonna have to sell enough tickets you're gonna have to do enough of the good stuff to enable you to be sustainable right mm. And that links to the KPI conversation, right? And you therefore need to be measuring the right things mm -hmm. with your sales team to deliver the results that the company most needs. And depending on whether you're growing, declining, static position of the company, is it about market share growth, et cetera, those KPIs need to be aligned. And they're often not. And they're yeah. absolutely often not. And, and the comments about the internal team, you know, one of my clients, a piece of their internal confidential, not uh, not allowed to mention their name for obvious reasons, their analysis was at least one in five opportunities or deals were lost due to internal complications or problems. They didn't lose them to the competition. Yeah. They lost them because internally, either forecasting or availability or technical specification, yada, yada, yeah. was just not in place and they couldn't they couldn't fulfill or win that contract or deliver on that because of internal problems so exactly how wide are, how wide are we talking when we're talking team you know and i wonder what we think i suppose it'd be very different for everybody that you speak to what the balance is of the a salesperson's appreciation of marketing operations credit da, 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 
and all of those departments appreciating the pressure that salespeople are under because if mm. they don't perform it doesn't bring the money in that covers everything yeah. else right you 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 sometimes need your your star players to perform to to chip yeah. in the pot right well i think i'd i'd i'd, I'd really recommend that that you know, if you're listening to this, have a look at that goals, roles, processes, procedure, interpersonal relationships for your team, your salespeople who report into you. But then what's that like for all of the support functions that are absolutely critical for your team's success? And how well are they interfacing, working, collaborating, coordinating exactly to Anthony's mm. point? You know, if they're talking about credit controllers you know sometimes they'll be referred to as the sales prevention department or something like that right <laughs> well yeah. and best be honest without them your business would probably go into receiving it would probably fail you know so there is a really good there is a really good reason that finance or credit control are exerting such a strong influence and work effectively and collaborate with them rather than fighting you know you want to be fighting your competition not fighting your colleagues right internally that's that's the thing i think uh, yes but i think <clears throat> salespeople have the the, the oh seem to have the overarching pressure to put food on be the breadwinner so to speak mm. in that kind of situation um which which kind of yeah i think it, it it's a tricky one i think it's probably why salespeople are best at using the blame thrower because if it goes well, everybody wants to pat us on the back and we are the hero and the celebrity. But if it goes wrong, it's great to be able to go, yeah, but marketing weren't really getting me good quality leads and oh, credit kept holding up my deals. And it's good to be able to blame somebody else when the pressure's all on you, right? Or the, or the spotlight's on you. The blame thrower. That's the first time I've, I've heard that. Uh, 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 I like that. It's, it's definitely not 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 a recommended weapon <laughs> to successful successful salespeople. But it reminds me of a conversation I had with an academic colleague the other day, that um, saying you're a salesperson, and he said, "Don't be ridiculous, I'm a lecturer." And I go, "No, you're a salesperson because yeah, yeah you go and do good lectures, and students love your lectures. They tell their friends at home, they tell their um, you know brothers and sisters." Um, that this is a really good place to come and so you know everything you do is sales and uh, you know so we've got a sales department we don't call it sales in the academic world we call it admissions <laughs> admissions um, yeah <laughs> but it's a sales team yeah. um and you know they, is that is that the admission is it it's a sales team yeah, 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 it's a sales team of course it is yeah and so but you know just for the rest of the university to say oh it's the admissions department's job to get new students coming in actually yes. it's every everybody is part of sales yeah and i think yeah. when when companies do that when you see good companies who realize you know the receptionist is a salesperson effectively that actually the sales team mm -hmm. can sell better when you've created that right sales environment mm -hmm. because everybody appreciates their role in in yeah. the sales mm -hmm. then the sales team have a much easier job and a much better job so this so a great example of that and it's a bit of i don't know if, if i'm kind of wandering off a bit here but it, that's like the waitrose right they they all seem to have a lot more respect for each other if you go and ask somebody where something is they will take you they won't go oh that's not my department or i'm new yeah. here they kind of take ownership which then takes the pressure off of their colleagues of having to deal with mm. that overspill right 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Waitrose, just just in, for folks listening in from outside the UK, if you're not aware, is is a, a, a supermarket that probably caters for uh, a slightly higher demographic in the UK. It has a reputation for being the sort of the the sort the more of, expensive, the more, more, more expensive quality, yeah. and yeah, and then the sort of the customer service experience is is allegedly a bit. But yeah, it is. And, and and I suppose the only way they really, from my understanding, that they differentiate themselves from the other big supermarkets is that they say every employee owns a share, so everybody yeah. is part yeah. of the company, and you all feel part of the team, and you feel like you yeah. own a little bit of the company. And I think that ownership gives you pride, which helps you want mm. to strive to continue to be that high end. I mean, even if even if you can't, even if you can't literally have everybody having a share of you know everybody owns shares in the company you can have that you know that culture of ownership and responsibility that you might not be in a sales position but you are responsible overall for your contribution to the overall sales wherever you sit in the organization you're probably supporting the sales function in directly or indirectly in some way and having that but also therefore if you're in the sales function what are you doing to build those relationships with those colleagues? Let them know what your KPIs are, what you're focused on. Have a conversation about how you can get aligned and 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 focused on on mm. doing what we're actually about at the end of the day, which is winning business with customers and and retaining retaining the business from customers that we already have. You know, I have a client there, their chief chief operating officer. He talks about the first sale and the second sale. First sale, get the client to sign the contract. Second sale, second sale, deliver on what you said so that you you get repeat business. <laughs> so you know, you're you're either you're either in sales one way or another, right? And people may not accept that as a job title. Call them admissions if you want to, but it's the the ethos can still be can still be there. So uh, any closing thoughts, chaps, before we bring this episode to a conclusion. This thing I never knew I could learn so much from football. <laughs> no, but of course I, I have to say, if I'm being absolutely honest, I think you've got to realise that there are things to learn from all sorts of fields of endeavour, but but sport is I think often overused as a business analogy because the you know it's played within a very tight set of rules to make it all exciting. And uh you know, um the world of business is slightly different. So yes, we learn we learn from wherever. But I think, you know, the yeah. other the other thought I like, people will say your sales team must be like a really good football team. Not true, because often a sales team is a collection of individuals of individual contributors <clears throat> for reporting purposes. They yeah. don't actually have to function well as a team, but their interactions with other colleagues that they are working with is this. So make sure you're focused on <clears throat> them. Make sure you're yeah. focused on the right thing. Mr. Steers, any thoughts I, from you? I I think you you both kind of hit the nail on the head at the beginning when you were talking about goals. Typically in sales, are set, but they're actually not goals; they're outcomes. And the, the outcome yeah. can be the goal, but actually, sometimes I think it's that taking that step back and what are the actual KPIs? And I don't really like the phrase KPIs. If I'm honest with you, it feels very corporate. But you kind of, if you do measure the right things and you can get the solid foundation, the sales will kind of come anyway. And and I often get people to measure their activity rather than their outcomes, because you can be very proud of a good day's work where you've worked hard and you've done well, but you may not necessarily have hit your outcome target, but you can still be chuffed with the amount of effort and energy and the tactics that you mm. put into it. 
And I think that when you only look at the outcome, if the outcome doesn't come, you instantly feel disappointed or like you failed. And KPIs, I think, can make you feel like you're getting closer, even if you're not quite there. I mean, having managed more sales teams than I care to remember in the past, I, I just know from experience, if you dangle a number in front of salespeople, they'll often pursue it with with considerable vigor. Got to make sure we've got the right number <laughs> or the right yeah. numbers or the right combination of numbers or else yeah. you might find yourself in an interesting place. <laughs> so uh, as, as can often as can often happen. So, well, thank you very much for that, chaps. Hope you've enjoyed that episode, folks. There are over 250. 50 other episodes in the sales chat show back catalog you'll find those from wherever you prefer to get your podcast episodes from you'll uh, you will find all of our episodes on all the major podcast platforms so in the meantime we'd just like to wish you good luck and good selling and we look forward to seeing you on another episode very soon You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 